Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to the Wrong Cat Tide, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have two amazing guests. These are two actors who have done all kinds of stuff on TV, movies, and theaters, and a bunch of other things. And I met one of the two of these guests at BroadwayCon this year. And we chatted about a Cats parody video that they did, which I am very excited to dig into. So welcome, Jamie Levady and John Madison. Thank you both for joining me. Meow. Meow, meow. I am excited because I, at Broadway, kind of such a wild thing is most people have no idea who I am, but they know that I know Cat. Like they knew the podcast and Cats. And so we were chatting and chatting. All of a sudden you're like, oh, I did a Cats parody. And then you showed me the video. You sent it to me. And it is hilarious. So... I want to get to the video, but I want to actually start with that was sparked by the 2019 movie, right? So that was like when you, I think sometime before then, but what was your cat's experience prior to that? Like I th- see it as kids. Were you familiar? Like how, how deep into the theater world of cats are you? Mm. Um, well, so I have no actual date for reference, but I saw it as a child live on Broadway. And I, all I remember, because of my impressionable mind at the time, I remember the like, the cats crawling on the mezzanine. We were mm-hmm. in the, we were not in the orchestra. We were up in the mezzanine. I remember I, I was like probably first row mez because I remember a cat crawled by me, and I thought that was cool that there was a show that had a cat crawling around the theater. And then I also remember thinking that there was a spaceship or there was aliens because a lot of the sounds sound mm-hmm. like spaceships landing. I had no idea like what was theremin. going on. Yeah, but that's my that was my first introduction to Cats, which was somewhere in the late 90s. Um, Maybe, okay. yeah. And this is, I, I don't want to out your age here, but give me a range. Like this oh, was I am 35 10, years old. Was this under 10, teenager, like what? what? general age range i would have it probably would have been under or around 10 is that how math works right yeah yeah sure sure that sounds about right i i'm asking because and i know we briefly spoke about this before we started recording but i don't think children should see this show and so i feel like i have no one here that agrees with me so i want to make sure we tackle that and jonathan you saw it also as a child yeah i probably saw i was i saw a touring company in lawrence kansas uh, and they also crawled through the audience. I think I had an aisle seat, so I think I saw. I might have seen Rum Tum Tugger's face right up club up <laughs> to mine, and he like comes up and goes, I like, don't know, he's gonna grab me. Uh, but uh, and then I I saw, yeah, I must have been like fifteen or something, and then I uh, when I was in high school, my show choir went on a cruise ship. 
and the cruise ship had a resident cats cast that yeah. did sort Royal of Caribbean. like a yeah they did like a a, a cats uh, medley sort of you know it was like a truncated version of the show uh, and then they did like a talk back with us afterwards I was like whoa so cool uh, and then yeah I, I was I love know, that you I saw was eighteen. The- I love that you saw the, I think it's the Oasis of the Seas. Wow. I've talked to a few people who have done it. It's run for like 15 years on this cruise ship. Wow. And it has now evolved to be a 90 minute no intermission show because it turns out when people don't pay to see a show on a cruise ship and you sing half of memory at the end of act one, they don't come back for act two thinking it's over. So they had to adjust. So I'm, I'm it's really cool that you got to see a, a version of wow. that. Um, yeah. Well, okay. What a so you saw it. Did you, yeah, a, um, yeah, you're, you are a cat. You are in the cats fandom at, at wow. an elite level. I have to be. Did um did you notice a difference from the first and second time you saw it as you were older? Um, I didn't. No, I don't think so. I think the biggest difference I noticed it was the second one was the one on the cruise ship was definitely shorter, and mm-hmm. they didn't have as they didn't have all the interactions with the audience. Um, but. I don't remember any other differences other than that. It didn't pick up all the different sexual parts that should go over a child's head that are very uh, aggressively put in your face as an adult. They definitely went over my head and until later, it was only later that I realized that um, that there was an orgy in the show. Also, I realized, you know, I, I, coincidentally, I also saw a touring production of Rent around the same time and that also mm. has sort of an orgy in the show. And in both in both times, I was completely oblivious. Mm-hmm. But this is not I a turned out just I'm fine, just saying. and I I saw yeah. it as a child. And I will also say, since memory has been brought up, um, I grew up singing at the piano with my dad. He had a big fake book of tons of musical theater songs, and as that ten year old child, we I sang memory, having no mm. idea what I what it was from or what it all meant. But that was like that's one of the songs that I know so well in my core simply because I've been singing it since I was a child, which makes no sense. But yeah. my dad liked it and he was like, hey, come sing this song. And it was like, I even think we performed it on a cruise ship talent show as like a father-daughter. Whoa. Act, wow. Which is really strange. Did you win? Um I don't remember, and to be quite honest, it's not about winning. It's about the memory. I mean, so no. The whole show is about winning. Yeah, it is. The talent show wasn't about winning. Uh, okay. The talent show oh, on the, the cruise The talent ship. show is like, oh, everybody has fun. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I, I love that. Yeah, Points I don't matter. It was the only song I knew in the show as well when yeah. I went. I, don't, I didn't know it was in the show. It was like, oh, I know this song when all of a sudden they start singing. And mm-hmm. I realized it. Is my mom is um, a music teacher. She plays piano, and the tuner uses that uses memory as the song after he's done to make sure it's tuned. Uh-huh. And I never pieced that together until after I've been doing this podcast and I was home during COVID. And all of a sudden, the guy tuned the piano. I'm like, oh, he's playing memory. Does he know that? Like, I'm here. Like, is this oh, for me? No, nope, turns out that's the song he plays. So that's um that's that's really cool. So you got to sing it growing up with a little family moment. With absolutely no context or reasoning or understanding yeah, why. Didn't know what the song's about. No. Uh, yeah, which a lot of a lot of cats moments. Okay, so I want to talk about your YouTube video. This is, I, how, do we, how do we say it? Spadatomy? That is yeah. correct. And like a little flash the, in the pan. like The, reli- the reliable cat. And mm-hmm. it is a McCavity parody. So walk me through, I'm assuming the movie sparked it. The trailer for the movie sparked it. Walk me through how you came up with the idea and then decided to shoot this hilarious video. 
Jamie, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think we were improvising or something in rehearsal, right? Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, if you think too hard about the rhyme or reason behind it, I feel like, like cats, it it becomes, it, it becomes so complicated. It it's it was born out of a joke. I feel like. I think I couldn't remember the name of McCavity. I was like, what's that one cat that they sing about? His yeah, name is yeah, like Spidatomy right. or something. Like I that's I right. literally couldn't remember <laughs> McCavity's name because their names are all so They're ridiculous. ridiculously complicated. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I really think that that was the seed of the idea. It truly came from like a what the fuck is that one cat with the spooky uh-huh. song? And it just became like, what would be the complete opposite of a cat that's like McCavity? Yeah, and Don't then think I remember. <laughs> I remember you were improvising. We, we, I think, I think a lot of us laughed because you because you said spadatomy, and then I think you were also trying to sing the song, and you were like, "Who's that coming around the corner?" Spadatomy, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, and then you had the idea to make the make a, a parody video out of it and so at this point like where are you this is pre-covid right like you're so are you like were you working on a show together like how did this like how i, I love the the idea is hilarious and then the execution was was amazing it's like i just want to know more about the journey of how you went from this seated idea that moment to what you actually put on youtube that now has thousands of views <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally an inside joke taken too far, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite, just the commitment to it. I think there's no one commits quite like John Madison. Um, and we were working Come on up. a show together called Black Friday at the time. And I'll preface this with, you know, Cats was in the zeitgeist. Everyone was really excited about the release of the, the new movie. And yeah. John, yeah. I mean, I want you to kind of have your moment in this in the sun with this but like john became very obsessed mm-hmm. ironically or very sincerely with cats coming out and yeah if you want to talk about talk to that i, john. I thought it would just i thought it'd be fun to do a sort of a cats countdown where i would every for 30 days until the the day uh cats movie came out i would um make up uh facts about all of the different cats that became uh, increasingly more and more um, ridiculous until I eventually was like making up like the shopping cart cat or like I was making up cats towards like the actual release of the show, which, um, you know, I wasn't invited to the premiere and I, you know, I, I am not hurt. I am over it by now, uh, but I did get a, uh, a basket. Uh, in the mail. So okay. Did, cats did send me. You wanted a to be noticed. Prosciutto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wanted I to think... be chosen to go to the Haven set. Like you. This I is, did. It's the parallels here. Yeah. Yeah. What What were some of your countdown leading up, cats? What do you remember from those? <laughs> did, did, can I we, have no idea. I'm gonna look it up. Can we find? The, yeah. Uh, can we he link changed. These? He changed his Twitter account. I remember this to John Cattison. That's right. And that That's was right. a big deal. Mm-hmm. So that you was... went all in from this trailer to the the lead up of it. So you, yes. you might you might be yeah. the other person. I, I feel like I also was that version. Um, I ended up with this podcast because of that. Like I did leading up to the movie, I did episodes with each week for a different cat of like, oh my god, who you need to, what do you need to know about McCavity if you've never seen this 
this plane, you're going to go see this crazy movie. And that was how, that was the genesis of this show, um, was also leading up to it. So I, I'm, I wish we would have crossed paths in 2019. Uh. We could have like collaborated here and cause I knew nothing like you at least have seen the show a couple of times. You were a fan, you were committed to the bit. I was watching the 1998 movie on YouTube clips, trying to figure out who was who and whatever I could piece together from the internet. And the fandom internet is all over the place. Intense. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot there. It's a lot of inconsistencies. There's a lot of um, strong opinions, but inconsistent opinions. And so I ended up with just like, how would I interpret this? I kind of always joke. I'm from Indiana. I was like, if my family in Indiana or my friends who have never seen cats, because it's, you know, rolled through there a couple times over the years, but I would assume the majority of them who aren't theater people are not going to be like, oh, I know everything. I was like, before you go see the movie, just listen to this 10 episodes and you'll be good to go. That was kind of my goal. And here we are 120 plus episodes later with me talking to cast members from all over the world and fans and people who've done all kinds of crazy stuff related to it. So I also uh, took, took a joke a little too far. All right. Well, it looks like you found, it seems like well, you found some of your, your cats. I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to find my old tweets, but it only go back until 2021. So I think, I think those tweets are gone. Wow. Does I anyone mean, that, know? I mean, you've talked to so many people. Does anyone really truly know what the show is about? Or do you think everyone just pretends ooh. to like, think they know? Like, I, I don't know that anyone knows. I don't know that Andrew Lloyd Webber even knew. Does it matter? I think Chrissy Cartwright and Trevor Nunn <laughs> and that's okay. it. And everyone else has some idea. I, I, I've compared it to a lot of things, but the biggest comparison I think is it's like, it's a little bit like Harry Potter. If you took the plot out, like we built this world that's kind of weird and crazy and no one knows what to do with it. And there's a lot of like new characters and they all interact in some way. It's a little incestuous in some cases. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's not a straight plot line. And that's where, as someone who loves sitcoms, this was like oh, the yeah. worst show for me to watch because it's the opposite of that. It's like, we're not going to give you a lot of closure or, or any idea of what you're watching. It's really centered around dance. And I'm also and not drugs. a dancer, not a performer, not a singer. Yeah. Well, drugs would have helped. I feel like if I would have saw it with drugs, it would help yeah. me understand it better. But I didn't. I went to a matinee, like, <laughs> randomly on a rainy Saturday. And so I was completely sober, didn't know what I was going into and had to try to interpret Leona Lewis singing memory as a, you know, late twenties adult trying to, trying to solve, solve the world's problems here. But yeah, it's, it's a weird, like there's a loose plot, like there's a loose art that you have, uh, but it's a dark plot when you really dig into it. It's like the Grizabelle, the main character ish left her cult that she was a part of to go do some bad things. And then there's one cult leader who potentially could be a serial killer yep. comes in, is going to murder one of them at the end. Maybe it's a positive thing. Maybe it's a negative thing. They have a big orgy in the middle mm -hmm. and then they kill one. Um, and that's the, the, pretty much the story in 30 seconds. So it is kind of strange. It's an easy punchline. It's an easy joke because it is so weird. But at the same time, if you're a performer, it's like you get to do this like amazing choreography from either Jillian Lynn or Andy Blankenberg like two very well-known like people mm -hmm. and you get to sing some of these iconic songs. If you're me in the audience, I'm like, Oh, there's cats around me. That's scaring the living daylights out of me. And then I'm watching what clearly looks like two people about to do it on stage. And then one being 
I, it seems sacrificed from a cult. So I kind of watched the same thing. Like, what in mm. the world did we just put together? Like, how did you come up with this as an option? Yeah. And it was the 70s and 80s. So I think the answer was drugs. Yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. as an actor, being in Cats, I would imagine it's very indulgent. You get to, like, have your moment where you tell the world what kind of cat you are. Like, it's very much like you get your moment to shine. And I think it's, I'm sure I, 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 every actor who has played all of the different cats probably, you know, has a bit of a, like, main character complex. Like, uh, there's a sense of, like... They're all kind of the star of their own universe. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you explain the plot? If you were asked like, hey, I'm going to go see the Royal Caribbean version tomorrow or the tour or it's in overseas right now. What would you tell your friends? Of like, here's what you're going to see. Either one of you. Who's got, who's got the plot? Well, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I would say that, you know, it was, I would tell my friends, this was originally a book for children that in the 70s was turned into a musical where each cat uh describes who they are what they are and why uh to some sort of mystical god leader um who they have a competition where each of them uh where someone is going to be sent to a mysterious place that they call the heavy side layer i don't think it's heaven i think they are just straight up killing this person this cat (laughs) um and i don't think i think i mean i think we have a little bit of an unreliable narrator in Monka strap. So I, I think, yeah, I, I just, I do, I truly think that old Deuteronomy is just getting rid of cats that he wants to get rid of. It's that's a that's a deeper explanation than I ever gave anybody. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is like it's a musical. Here's some cats. Here's what they're all about. You know, they love beauty. They love dancing. They love different things. They hate other things. And they're ultimately having an orgy and trying to have a an, a cool contest. It who's gonna out cool <laughs> the other cat? Like who's the cool. coolest cat? There it is. Yeah, yeah. I um I did see Leona Lewis. So I did feel like it was a singing competition. Like that was my frame mm. of reference because mm. of her as Grizabella. That it felt like chorus liney or you know like a X Factor version of of what you could be or. The modern version is it could be like six where it's like we're competing for who has it worse and who needs to mm-hmm. to to win because of that. Um, but at the same frame of reference, I'm like, that's a very strange thing where it's like instead of a million dollars or a Vegas show, you get to die. Yeah. Like like you uh, or or be reborn if you want to make it a little bit more positive. Like you get a, a new life, a new lease on life. But well, if it you is think such about a it- weird, weird way to think about it. I had a thought just as you were saying that, like, so as a a pet owner, like, I think the world of my dog and I just think she's the best in the world. And I could I could come up with a million songs about who she is and what she likes and her place in the world. And like, I could argue the case that she is the best girl in the world. And I feel like as a cat owner, they're like the cats in cats kind of fall relatively into like the archetypal cat of all of the cats and so I feel like it's almost like you're arguing your case for like my kind of cat the cat that my pet is most like is the best pet there is and it's it's, but 
but do you, you don't want your dog to be sacrificed, do you? Like, that's the part that makes it weird. It's like, I, I agree with that. Like, hey, here's why I'm great. Here's more about me. And here's our quirkiness that is different. And this is why my dog or my cat's different. But it's like, okay, now that you've won, we're going to get rid of you. But I feel like it's it's getting another chance at life. Like, it's being reborn. I don't see it as a dark. I don't see the ending as do- as dark maybe i'm do do either of you believe there's any merit to like the the theory that it's that all of the cats are currently dead and that it's (laughs) that they're going to like from purgatory to heaven because some of the lyrics talk about what they all some of the lyrics refer to cats in the past tense like this cat was uh, i'm not sure which ones but some of the i know like uh I think Jenny Any Dots, they refer to Jenny Any Dots in the past tense. Um, so this is, I, I love how deep you went in 2019, <laughs> clearly to, to learn <laughs> all these things. Uh, so you're, you're, I have heard this before, is that they are in between, like they're all, all already dead and it's like the next layer. I've heard, there's a lot of very dark, like theories that could go there. Like there's also that, that old dude around me is purely just a serial killer. There's like, yeah some other like what i believe cultish type of things but i kind of love that that you're thinking like all right they're all already dead let's and one is gonna get like go to the next stage of and whatever, cats are supposed to have nine lives maybe yeah. this is like the in between the nine lives that's a more slightly more positive than what i really believe about older Deuteronomy. but uh yeah that could be that could be it it is interesting i the thing about this is there are really no right or wrong answers well there there could be like someone could come in and just be like there's there's not but most of it i don't think was published i firmly believe that when they made the show the part that i have dug into most which is the like where did grizabella go when she left you know like i don't think they thought that detailed i don't think they decided to write the like other subscripts of these characters that didn't need to be said i think they focused on the choreography and like here's just the loose piece of what you need to do and i think the fans have taken it a thousand times further and that's where there is inconsistencies but that's where the theories come from so i i'm for all of them i'm i'm really for all of them just because i think it's hilarious that this whole that they've created all these characters but they're all cats they all have the craziest names and nobody knows and it's like but this has been running for 42 years like it's been running forever and so much of theater right now especially is coming up and down it's like very quick and to get something to sustain is almost impossible and you've got a show about cats where they kill one at the end with an orgy in the middle that is one of the longest running things ever is just hilarious to me. <laughs> but I want to hear what other theories you have, because John, especially you, it sounds like you've dug into some other ones. Like what other plot theories do you have or thoughts do you have on the different cats of the show? Well, I prepared for this podcast because um, I wanted to have some answers, but I don't know if I'm am I. Am I going out of order by saying which cat I think should die? Should I say that? Um, let's save that. All right, I'll it's, save the, it's the last question. And, but I already know you're not going to say Grizabella, so we're, no. we're already uh, having strong momentum. Um, um, my, I mean, I think those, my two, those are my two favorite theories about that it might be um, that they might be in purgatory or somewhere in between lives. I think that's my favorite positive theory because cats are legendary. They have nine lives. So that is like a, pos- a, po- a positive leaning theory as, as opposed to my other one. Um, I also uh, like the idea that some cats might secretly be other cats because cats are supposed to have multiple names. Who's to say that 
their secret, more dignified name is also like Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser. You know what I mean? So, um, do you have any thoughts on who might overlap? Uh, well, hmm. there was the one show where Old Deuteronomy was also um, McCavity, um, but I don't, I don't know. Because there's a lot of there's a couple split tracks essentially where the performers right, right. play. So like Buster Jones and Gus. Mm-hmm. There's Plato and McCavity. There's a couple like that, but I never thought about that from an angle of like they're actually the same, the same cat with a different name. Oh, that's clever. What about uh, <laughs> Jamie? Jamie was just sitting there with her. <laughs> no, I I, oh. I want to go back to the idea of McCavity and Old Deuteronomy, like with the kidnapping. Like, how does that work? Is it just that it's an alter ego or like how does yeah i'm just curious i don't know it's also very potentially his son like mccavity mm. yeah tugger and monkey strapper are supposed to be brothers and the children of old deuteronomy so it is a little strange that it's like you're kidnapping your father um i i firmly believe that they just wanted some conflict resolution because there was so little plot in the show that it was a way to transition and give a little bit between uh, getting to Mustafaliz's you know, number. But it is a very weird part. And the, the movie did an even worse job of trying to figure that out. Like the movie made a very strange, like whole barge piece to kind of pull some stuff back to make mm-hmm. McCavity even more villainous. But you know, when you pay that kind of money for Idris Alba, you, you've got to use him a little bit more. Here's another parody pitch. In the lyrics of Old Deuteronomy, they say many lives in succession. And Old Deuteronomy has three kids. So you could do a succession parody with Old Deuteronomy mm. as Logan Roy wow. and his children. Um, that's that's something for later. I was trying to, I'm oh, you have a, a succession Logan, shirt on? I'm, I'm wearing a Logan Roy shirt right now. <laughs> so I don't know if you can't even see it. But yes, I that is great. There are some lyrics though that, that give me some some challenges uh the one that bothers me most is mccavity has broken every human law and that line alone makes me like how far does that go like yeah has he murdered has he jaywalked has he done tax evasion you know like has mm-hmm. he done some of the stuff we don't want to say like there's every mm-hmm. human law is a a lot of things mm-hmm. so that line really has a lot a lot of potential connotation and there's a couple other ones in there mixed in uh old deuteronomy has 90 to 99 wives and potentially more basically i think something like that so he's probably the father of all of the kittens yeah he's the the father he's the baby daddy of all of the cats yeah kittens so and that's why this show is for children yeah yes This is why you should bring children to see the show. But see, I I really don't think it's, I mean, as a child, as someone who saw Cats as a child, I really, I don't think you should hide children from from seeing the show because the show is so open-ended. I would, I actually am curious to hear what a child perceives of the show because they might have insight that as adults, we are so jaded, we're not even seeing. So like, bring it on. There's way sexier stuff out there. It's like a nice... I don't know. I think it's part of life. I yeah. think I think it should be required viewing for humans. <laughs> I it's saw the movie quite twice. Rated. Did yeah, you? Okay, so you didn't get invited to the the premiere, but you got to. At no, least go. I didn't. I what did, was yeah, the yeah, crowd I saw, reaction in your in your theater? I saw one 
one in a very full theater and then one in a very empty theater. And the full theater was like, I think it was the day after it came out and or two days after it came out. And it was very, very fun. It, it felt like okay. a, it felt like a, a Rocky Horror kind of yeah. scenario where everyone was yelling and cheering when at certain points. I saw it the day after the premiere. I also was not invited to premiere, but I was invited to a pre-screening. And that was um, all people that were press relatives, family, friends. So it was like what I would call a, a pro cats crowd. Wow. And a few minutes in, people start hysterically laughing at parts that aren't supposed to be funny. Mm. And that was my like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Like, this is going to be an experience. If this crowd is reacting this way, then I can't wait for Friday when it opens. Also, I think I saw one of the ones when it was not finished because like, I don't think he actually finished the premiere one. There was like some Judy Dench's hand and a couple other stuff. Oh, but. yes, with the ring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I saw it in an empty movie theater. It was me and my my friend Paul. And it what it made it all the more it was a total out-of-body experience because already it's so wild to behold. And then to be in a humongous theater and the sound is like echoing through the space and we were just alone in the middle of this theater. It it was truly, I felt like I just left my body and I was like, I questioning my exist. It was, it just felt like I was like, is this made just for me in this moment? And like, yeah. it was just thinking about that was chilling. <laughs> and then to add to that, I realize now that was the last movie I saw before the pandemic. And so wow. that experience yeah. to then carry over and, and that was like my memory of a movie experience was chilling to enter the pandemic and subsequent two years. Yeah. I think it was the last movie I saw in theaters as well. And then the last thing it I saw before I left New York was I saw Diana as a, at the musical, like a day, like at the point where we were like, should we even be here type of day? Um, but yeah, I went and then I ended up flying, uh, out of New York for wow. work and getting stuck. So that was, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a wild time. It was, I heard a lot of friends that went and were in empty theaters. I did not hear many that went unless you went like again, day one and you were clearly part of the, like you were there cause you were the yes. audience. Um, it was a lot of, yeah, empty or not, um, not too packed uh, of a crowd. It did not do, did not do the hundred million dollars they spent on it. I believe. Uh, that's really, it's, it's sort of sad. I wish it had. I mean, I know like there, I have, I had criticisms, I guess, of the movie, but I like how much attention that they put into choreographing it and how much energy the cast had about the release. Um, yeah, I wish it had done better just for the future of uh, musicals, uh, filmed musicals. But yeah, I still, I still actually believe there's a good movie somewhere unedited, like uncut. Cause I, they had such amazing performers and actors and a yeah. lot of the stuff was actually, I, I just couldn't watch the choreography because of the way he, he jump cuts across yeah. everything. I couldn't follow like the twins who are really, really talented and Victoria Howard. Like there were really, really Colton Krauss are really talented people in this, um, this movie. And it just was so weirdly edited. And then yeah. it also became a running joke. So I, I agree with you. I do wish it had a different, I think there was a different outcome for it because 
everyone disassociated themselves with it so quickly after it started to kind of fall that it, it kind of got became the running joke versus it could have been a good movie. And they did some smart things because there is no narrator and taking there's no spoken word on the musical version. And to have a spoken word narrator kind of guiding you through Victoria's lens, I actually think is a fairly smart way to tell it as a movie. Mm to like bring people through the journey of like, what is this kind of weird musical? So I thought they actually added the story you needed, but it just was not well put together. Yeah. I kind of think I'm honestly glad that it wasn't great. Like, I think that that's exactly what it needed (laughs) because it gave me hope for like real storytelling. And like, yeah, it's kind of nice. Like I go like, it's weird and it made no sense. And like, I'm, it shows you what happens when people just say yes to things. And like the world sometimes just makes ridiculous things for no reason. And it's nice. I feel like Jennifer Coolidge said this recently in an interview, but it was something like, it's nice when there's like insane kind of shitty stuff out there because it reminds you that like you can create good things. And so it's just nice (laughs) to be like, People just said yes to this thing and we all just agreed. All these celebrities got behind it and it wasn't necessarily great, but that's okay. It can be. It can be. It can be fun. Yeah. It can just be fun and dumb and uh, delightful. Good has come out of it. Look, your, your YouTube video, this, this conversation doesn't happen without that movie in any capacity. And so uh, we can at least claim that. I, I had the opportunity. I really regret this. But I had the opportunity to watch the un, the un, uh, the the movie without all of the green screen effects. Um, wow! Because wow. I knew someone who worked at the at the company, but and I wouldn't, I'll, I cannot say who. But I, you know, it was around the time of the like the pand- It was winter that pandemic. I just didn't yeah. right before the pandemic. I didn't see it. But I wish I had. That was a huge missed opportunity. I think you should retrack out and see if there's yeah. still Hey, do you still have this? Do you have a copy? Do you still anywhere? have this? Yeah, I'm sure you do. I somewhere would keep it a copy forever. exists. That's what I was yeah, saying before I mean, about yeah. commitment. It's like I just love that studios, actors, people just committed to telling this story. And like even like that's why seeing the green screen cut must have been so cool because you just see everyone fully going all out, just, even without yeah. the benefit of CGI. How cool that <laughs> humans <laughs> agreed to do this yeah it is uh every time i see i saw the tour this year uh with the you know, i did a video with them and went and saw them at, and i met all of them before not in costume like i met a bunch of them we did interviews or chatting and it's like oh yeah by the way you're about to go put on your guitar put up all this makeup and you're about to crawl over the floor and that's like theater you know it's like it's just they're performers and they're really talented actors and it was so such a bizarre piece because like especially as i've met more i'm like this is the weirdest thing to do. And it's like, nah, it's probably actually not. There's so many other weird yeah. shows. There's all kinds of, like, it's just, it's art. And it's art in a very mm-hmm. unique way. And I think that's what mm-hmm. does make it fun and funny. I also love that people are okay with the humor of that. Like, that it's Hell okay yeah. to make fun of the fact that the names are ridiculous and the story is ridiculous. And some of this stuff is, like, the conversations that they're having on tour on a bus are absurd if you think about it. And so they they recognize that and that makes it fun. It's for dancers, want, especially. It must be wonderful. Oh yeah, and character. It's, well, like, a lot I would of the dancers, be in that show. I don't even dance. What a fun character. A lot of the dancers piece. saw the '98 movie growing up, and it was like they did a they did it in dance class, and they like watched then their schools growing up. And I didn't know that that existed either until I watched it 
I think I was telling this, Jay, but I, the first time I ever watched the 1998 movie was on a work trip, on a plane, on an iPad. So I could not have looked more out of place. I was like in business casual with very, like a lot of like very clear consultants sitting around you, all of them like hammering away their, their PowerPoints and stuff. And I had an iPad in front of me sitting on the, on the table tray and had cats, the 1998 movie playing. And just like mm. headphones in, bopping around, like, don't, don't mind me. But like, everyone lo- is like, I had multiple people looking over my shoulder being like, why is he watching this? Like, is he really watching this? So that was my first uh, <laughs> 1998 movie interaction, which is again, very different than the, the children who saw it in school growing up uh, or in some other capacity. I like to imagine wonderful. that some of your like corporate, like your coworkers, like lean over and be like, Oh, great. I love that version of the film. Like, just yeah. really, really huge Closeted cats fans. cats fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we have some, we have some, we have a lot of theater people. Um, we have a nice group chat going with Broadway in general happening where people have, have thrown out some uh, hot takes and have riled up some people. But we haven't talked too much about cats recently because it's not, you know, it's not really running as much right now, or at least mm-hmm. in New York. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. I want to talk about some of the other things you're currently working on. Um, and so let's start with uh, Professor Birthday. So, Jamie, tell me a little bit about that project, because I listened to all of them already, and I'm oh my obsessed. Gosh. I think it's amazing and hilarious. Oh, well, that's very kind. There are no cats in it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um it's uh it is not uh it is not my idea, and I will give full credit of the character. Uh, and like the creation of that character to my dear friend Eric Congale, who actually wrote a book. So there's a book that is so mm-hmm. brilliant, um, and it, it's a companion piece. Uh, it was actually started before the podcast, but he really created this whole universe and magical world, creating this character of Professor Birthday, who is essentially the mascot of birthdays and. You know, we think of someone like Santa Claus. Santa Claus works one, maybe two days a year. And meanwhile, birthdays happen every single day. And this woman is working constantly around the clock. She doesn't have time to take a vacation. And because of this, no one knows who she is. So she's truly overworked and underrecognized. And he has built an entire universe based around this place where she works, which is called Birthday University, which is much like another magical place we have heard of um it is where birthdays are created um so yes eric created this character uh wrote the book and i was very and i'm still very honored to get to voice this this character and it is a podcast musical so like you're singing songs for it and you're having a blast it's hilarious i hope people are are doing it. and then you've also created this incredible tiktok or there's a tiktok related to it that is animated the character and has i have really enjoyed some of the memes too that you've kind of made I, the the one where somebody took the tiktok uh search bar and like ripped into into it like you're having a blast like it's just so funny so it's been really fun to watch like creative content um related to musical theater on a different Aww. forum well thank you yeah it was it's the book started then we decided to record the podcast and we have all those musical podcast episodes the music is written by our dear friend clark backstresser um and essentially the tiktok was 
never supposed to be a thing. It was just that we had all of these audio files from the podcast and um, we had released the podcast episodes and because we had an animated version of the character, we were like, what if we essentially animate some clips from the podcast into these little mini TikTok animations? And it has taken on a life of its own on TikTok and we're all kind of figuring out how TikTok works as we go. So if anyone knows the answer to how to TikTok, please let us know because we're figuring it out <laughs> no, and that's nobody been part knows. of the fun of it. Nobody knows. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's been delightful, and we're we're literally figuring it out as we're sitting here. Eric just just texted me because I think we're about to reach fifty thousand subscribers, and he's like, "I have an idea for something to do. Like, can we hop on the phone and we'll just improvise stuff that Professor Birthday would say?" So in in a few moments, I'll have to run and record something that'll who knows what it'll be, but we're figuring it out <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> I who. Who would you compare? I, I love always comparing shows. Which cat most relates to Professor Birthday? Ooh. I have thought about this a lot today, and I've yet to land on what I think is the right answer, but I have a couple couple thoughts. I, you know, my instinct was to say, like, Grizabella, because she wants to be respected, but, like, Professor Birthday doesn't have a history necessarily of being known or being appreciated. And so I almost, gosh, I feel like maybe um, Mr. Mistopheles, just because he's Ooh. magical and like he's not really a main character. I mean, no one's really a main character they're, or they're all main characters in their own story, but he's got this magic. He's got the charm. And yet the story is still focused on Grizabella and others. And like, you're like, what about this guy? He was fun. He did a lot of magic tricks. So that's my instinct. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I like that. I thought Bamba Arena just because mm. the second episode was like, oh, we're going to ignore the first one. And then there's like this, like the episode about princesses versus clowns and all that. It's like a very much a confidence, but a, in a, in a way of where I'm not the main character, I'm not the center of it, even though they are. And I feel like Mom Valley Arena kind of protects Demeter. And there's like a little bit of like, no, we're going to do this this way. Like there's a confidence there. Um, so that was kind of where my head went. But it, Kets doesn't always tie perfectly to most things. It's just fun to try. Uh, it's been fun. That's Kets been one of my favorite things about this podcast. doesn't tie perfectly to itself either. So yeah, <laughs> that's part of the fun. I love it. And, and John, you're, you're doing more on YouTube right now. And, Yes. Yeah. And I was uh, I was a part of a, a musical that's going to be coming out later this fall um, called Nerdy Prudes Must Die. Um, I, do we do, I don't know the exact date, but it'll be coming out sometime later this year, possibly the fall. But uh, I think it's going to be um, it's certainly the the best time I've ever had on stage. And I think uh, I think it'll be a really, really wonderful show. Um yeah, I had a lot of really talented people, and I played a well. I played a nerd, uh, yeah. who I can't say anything, but things things happen. And I'm sorry, I'm trying hard not to reveal any spoilers. Although probably if you know anything about the show, you already know the plot. But um, it is a uh, the music is great, the story is great, the performance is all excellent. One of the guys who um, was the bully in the show was now Biff on um, in Back to the oh, Future, wow. uh, the musical on Broadway. Uh, uh, Will Branner, who's he's really really great. So, yeah, I'm very very excited for the release. Awesome. Um, yeah, that'll be 
on StarKids channel sometime later this year. Amazing. Well, we'll link everything that we can in the in the notes uh, so people can find you and all the stuff you're doing and all the cool things. I also had uh, oh. my my pick for Professor Birthday's cat. Um, I think would be I was thinking Monkus Strap. I don't know if everyone is okay, mm. okay with that pick, just because Monkus Strap feels like and Professor Birthday even it feels like very congenial and warm and like explains a lot of things for the both the cats and mm. the, the people watching the show. Yeah, um, who's like main character the leader of the cats but also not like the top cat sort of i like the fritz character is like a skimble shank so i was like keeping everybody on schedule yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what cat are you most like john i don't i want to know me yeah do you who do you identify yeah, you, with at your core this is someone's spadatomy by the way there's reliable i i i I, <laughs> I mostly identify with spadatomy i didn't make the cut in the show um <laughs> Or Pomplamoose, the anime cat who loves anime. Are these all the 30 days leading up people you've added? Yeah, I think that was one of them. I found some of the other tweets. One was uh, um, nine days till cat's movie and because I did all these this countdown. And today's cat is that moment before a thunderstorm in the middle of a field. You can feel that electricity starting to build in the air and you just stand and listen to the silent sound of nature hiding and waiting for destruction to strike. And um, the role was taken over by Matthew Broderick, Broderick in the early 2000s. <laughs> How did they not invite you to the premiere? The promotion that you did. I mean, uh, I got a basket, though, with cheese yeah. and fruit. Yeah, what was in I it? I think salami. It was, it was Nothing like cats a, related. Just like a $45 Harry yeah, and Yeah, not even basket, like, a, like some catnip yeah. or like a jingle bell on no, a stick. No, they they did have cat ears at the the press one, and that was it. Unbelievable, like one picture to take, and that and then it was just a normal theater in New York. Um, like that, somebody from the PR team just went to the grocery store, and they're like, "Just buy this guy's salami." Yeah, just and buy this guy's and yeah. just, he's shout, shouting and hollering about it. I just, just send him send just something any, so we get off our back. Anything, yeah. That's that is that is uh, almost that's, that's incredible in itself. Like yeah. the, the commitment to to it they couldn't well, have i found out i think i did or... call them out i think i was like hey i heard other people were getting promo things am i not gonna and then i think wow um oh and yeah re- and they re-gifted you something how very run time tugger of you to just yeah, think very... that you deserve the gift it was very it was a very run time tugger moment um although when i got the basket i felt like a jenny any dots mm. um hey. but uh also, we we didn't talk about the prank that you pulled on me during during the show, yeah. Jamie. We did not during the rehearsal. Um, so during rehearsal of Black Friday, um, I was doing these this stupid uh, cats countdown and uh, trying to come up with like what I was going to do the next day. And then I got this weird email, um, and it was a cease and desist letter. Then it looked extremely official. Um, and I was worried um, that, like, I was going to get sued, but um, for uh, I was so freaking stop out. posting your countdown. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It and was, um, I, I'm sorry. I, you were so into it. John was so, uh, he was just living and breathing cats. And I just wanted to just scare him a little bit because I think it was right around the time when you were like, the account's not responding to me. Like, they, they're sending gift bags that, like, you were starting yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. And I think I just wanted to like bring you back down to earth a little bit and just be like, don't poke the bear yeah. or in this case the I flew cat. Too close and it was to the fun sun. to 
just hey. give you a little spook. Yeah. I was like, uh, I'm posting too many and meow, I'm becoming just Icarus mm-hmm. flying. It's, <laughs> and so you close. had this fake season that says how, and you freaked out probably of a, I was, oh, no, I got to delete my Twitter. I, I thought I was like, should I delete the tweets? Should I delete Twitter? And then Jamie said, no, this was me. I'm sorry. I, I love, I love it too. It's like a hey, universal is coming. And then that's when they shipped you the basket actually, after they heard about that. Yes, that was, that's right. Yes, that was the indeed. apology. It was a nice basket. It, it wasn't was, like yeah. a great basket, but like it was a, it was like a nice basket. <laughs> yeah, we should, we got to be, be positive. So otherwise they'll never send us anything ever again. So it was great. Yeah. Send more, please. Yeah. I would, I, I would use some, I would take more cheese and salami and, yeah. and pears. Let's, let's do some rapid fire before we get to the final question. So okay. if you were in cats, who mm-hmm. would you want to play? Which cat would you want to be? I know this one for me, uh, rumble teaser. Rumble teaser, I love it. They have probably the best song. It's the only one I remembered the first time I saw it. I also figured out why is because uh, it's one of the only times that there's only the two of them on stage. Like every other mm-hmm. time, there's like eight thousand things going on. It's a little bit of a sensory overload. But that song and McCavity are the only times where it's like really just two cats singing. So those are the two songs I remembered the time I saw it. But mm-hmm. also they just repeat it over and over and over again. So it's it's fun. Fair. It's a great cat. Jenny Dots also do gets you... to like sing and dance with cockroaches, and I feel like I do that all the time in my bathroom. <laughs> so like in New York, that's, that's just New York yeah, for you. It's just being in New York. Um, sleeping, you know, being lazy and then <laughs> hanging out with the cockroaches. Um, I know this is rapid fire, but why did they change? Did you know why they changed that song for the movie? Jenny and Dots? No, the uh, Mungo Jerry it's, and Rumble That's Teaser the British song. version. So that's oh. actually the original. Okay, never and mind. I'm not a fan of the original. Uh, the, that was the British original version. And then the one that I think we all know is the current version. But the difference, like even the... 98 or the d- soundtrack doesn't have Rumble Teaser singing at all. And it was because it mm-hmm. just depends on if they had a, a, you know, actress or actor, or like either one that could sing. So most of the time now they both sing and dance and they do the carnivals. But yeah, it's a British version and it's a complaint I heard from a lot of people that do not like that, that version of huh. Mungo Jerry Rumble Teaser. Wow. I personally don't, but I also like it's because I only knew one and it was a song I enjoyed. So yeah, changed one of the, one of the things I enjoyed. Hmm. All right, who John, who would you be? Uh, I think I, I would want to be Monkus Strap or Tucker, just because I think they do the... I'm, I'm not an excellent dancer. I'm not a very good dancer. So uh, I think um, I think that just has more only... Does Monkus Strap do a lot of dancing or is it mostly singing and narrating? Oh, no, they, uh, he they dances dance a lot. He dances a lot in the other right, stuff. Mind. So if okay. you want to not dance, you got to be... Um, Buster Freeland, Jones, and Gus probably have probably the least dancing. Or Old, De- Old Deuteronomy doesn't dance a ton. Great. I don't want to be Old Deuteronomy. I, uh, there's too much associated with that character. <laughs> too, I don't think too I could. Negative. Too negative. So I would I would be Gus. Or okay. in this universe, I'd be an amazing dancer and be Monk Strap. Yeah, I was going to say, we can suspend belief because like, I can't do any of this. I can't sing. I can't dance. So like, if you ignore that, forget gender, forget anything. Just which who would you want to go on for one day as? Well, if I if I could do if I could do all the moves, Skimble Shanks, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love it. I we want to build the train. Have yeah, the, have the train built for you. Um, what are your favorite and least favorite characters in the show? Oh, mm-hmm. I do not like Rum Tongue Tugger. 
He's entitled. Okay. He represents everything that, like, just like entitled men. Like, he yeah. he can't be pleased. He's so full of himself. He like he likes this, but he doesn't like that. But he like it's like he he wants to hang out with the mice, but then he wants to be with a rat. Like he can't make up his mind, but also he's so pretentious. It's like it's an energy that I just I want to shut it down. I want to burn it he's down. He's very much like a like Kendall it. Roy, you know. Yes. Right. We're just gonna have to do a succession crossover at some point. I it's there. It's ready. Yeah, I don't. I I I don't like old Deuteronomy at all. Okay. So father, son, what about who are your favorites? Either probably Jenny Annie Dots, just because of her whole vibe is like I was saying before, it's, it's just, just a, I really okay. relate to it. And McCavity. Um, I, uh, I McCavity. I like, uh, I think my favorite is, uh, is Skimble Shanks or, uh, or Monka Strap. Skimble Shanks okay. seems like, I mean, I'm glad he gets his own song because he feels like he's just, really making sure everybody gets gets to where they need to go across yeah. mm-hmm. i mean across all of all of london and yeah uh, he's, the, the british isles yeah he's he's got an important job especially as new yorkers who ride the mta like yeah we're, we need a skimble in our lives and we yeah. don't have one mm-hmm. um, what's your favorite song from the show i think um, as a kid it was mr mistopheles he I think and it's I, a good one that was sort of the most magical one, and I think it was like very like show 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 many, show, uh, and I uh, I felt like that was the one I I learned first on the soundtrack. That was probably the one I was mo- most emotionally tied to. Mm-hmm. Most emotionally for me, I was tied to memory, just because as a as a young child singing about my youth was. <laughs> Which makes no sense that as a 10-year-old, I was like, I was young then. Like, it makes no sense. That was the one I was tied to emotionally. But as I've grown older, obviously, McCavity is uh, is my favorite. It's so slinky and sexy, dare I say. Yeah, I, it's I, that has become... It was Mungo Jerry Rebel Teaser for a while, and now it's McCavity. Um, and I, I'm still trying to convince somebody I know to do an EDM version of Skimble Shanks. I feel like there's a, a dance mm-hmm. version of Skimble Shanks mm-hmm. that exists. Absolutely. But, that's I, I want that to come one day. All right, let's get to the million dollar question. I'm already excited because I know at least one of you is not going to pick Isabella, but that's been my thesis. That's how this podcast started, and I have argued at length for many various reasons of why I don't think Isabella is the right jellical choice. So I'd like to hear: Are you going to pick Isabella? And if not, who are you going to pick and why? Who wants to go first? I'll I'll just say I think the heavy side layer is a lie, and I think old Deuteronomy should um, die, and someone else should pick up um, the mantle. I think maybe. I agree. Yeah, I think the, you know, I think it could end this cycle of, uh, dare I say, abuse and manipulation for these um, jellicles, and I think you know maybe Monka's strap or. Um, maybe sort of a co-leadership with, um, Rumple Teaser and Mungo Jerry. Maybe it's, you know, maybe they form a council, um, where they actually have, uh, criteria. A democracy? No, democracy, exactly. And I think maybe end the death portion for for Mm. sure. Maybe he'd be voluntary. I I don't, Mm. I I don't, I, I think... We currently have leaders who are too old running our yes, our government. Exactly, it's very it's very similar 
uh, you know, to um, Mitch McConnell kind of a situation. So I think old Deuteronomy should uh, should die. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. I mean, his time has to come at some point, right? So, like, why not this year? He, I, mm-hmm. I do, I do. Like, my question though for you is: is it sounds like you believe when he's gone that it's not like Monka's trap is the isn't going to just take over? Like, it's there's still you think that the murder is going to stop if he leaves? Like, this is a he is the problem. Like, he is the one that's mm-hmm. doing the killing. It's not a tribal issue. Well, if you look at the lyrics of his song, he survived many. He has numerous progeny. He's survived many wives. Um, there's, I don't know, even though the song is very sweet, like if you just look at the lyrics themselves, like there's something sinister that seems to be happening there. So I, I don't, I think the cycle of death and rebirth might end with him. Um, Interesting. I like this. So not we're sure. going to have a happier Cats 2 because we don't have to center it around murder at the end. We can just hear about their daily lives yeah cats 2 is just about napping and and scratching and singing and meowing Mm -hmm. love it jamie what about you who do you i was gonna also say old deuteronomy and it's interesting i he represents the worst part of the patriarchy and it's like he's old yet he's respected and here we have like grizabella who's old and people think she's awful and like they're like disgusted by her so like he needs to die and with him dying rise up and all the female cats they come out to play and we embrace that they're beautiful when they're old and they can they don't have to be young to be cool and like it is just really interesting when you look at like gus and old deuteronomy like those cats love them and they're old like what's the difference but like here grizabelle is like oh you're ugly like we can't even touch you because like you're not hot anymore it's so it's so ageist, and I just, it it makes me mad. I'm sorry, but yeah, old Deuteronomy needs to go. Death to the yes. patriarchy. I love it. I So I think the biggest thing that I agree with you on that is, is that I don't think she should be, if the Ark is at redemption, why accept her back and immediately exile her? Like, let her have some time with the fam. Yes. Like, spend a year with your children that you abandoned. Now that they're, yes. they're welcoming you back, so... I love it. I'm I'm for an old Deuteronomy uh, finally going. He has to do it at some point. I think it seems like that's yes. a consensus that he does at some point have to leave. There's oh. some argument of who takes over, but and it could be uh, some kind of like twist where like oh you think the show is going to like go on as normal, but then like you could ju- you could do it just in the staging, but like where all of the cats just step back away from old Deuteronomy, and he's like what what, <laughs> and then they force him onto the basket <laughs> yeah i mean this well, he goes then, up with her right like he he starts to go with her so i think he could yeah shove her back down and just go himself like he could he could self-sacrifice i don't want him to have i don't want him to self-sacrifice you don't want him to feel like that, that no he's chose. I, you just want him out like, i, you I want, want go, i want all want the cats to turn yeah i was gonna him. say this should yeah. turn like, into lame is like it's like act yes cats yeah. too is just lame is with cats starting the revolution yes Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I all, all for it, except for British instead of French. Right. Yes. It's our it's our British re- revolution, yeah. not our French revolution. I anytime anybody says that's anything that's not great about, I'm like, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't even need to hear a reason why. I just that's my goal. My goal is to slowly change the world of 42 years of cats to have a different ending, and I think I'm getting closer. 
But I think we should celebrate, celebrate, we should celebrate Grizabella being old and beautiful as at the same time, those things can both exist. My argument is not that Grizabella is a bad character or that she shouldn't sing or that she shouldn't be welcome back. It's that I don't think she should be the Jellicle choice. And so I'm with you. We can have a, I want her to have her moment. You can tell the same story and just murder a different cat. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. She's still the glamour cat. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, she she deserves could, her redemption. You could have this, you could have a transformation moment at the end, at, like after you kill old Deuteronomy, where she sort of like spins and she's still um, the same cat, but instead of like being, looking ragged, she looks like clean and has like mm-hmm. a little cat ribbon and um, but she's still the old cat, but she's beautiful mm-hmm. and everyone loves her. I love it. Yeah. Like a awesome change. Yeah. Like a little like frozen a moment where quick, she spins yeah. and then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she spins and she's a new cat. She sheds oh. all her old fur and everyone lifts her up. And then you hear old Deuteronomy screaming from the rafters. <laughs> I'm, we're ready. Why has nobody hired us? I don't know. I want to know. I'm available. I, yeah. You, they have your they have your address at mm-hmm. least they know yeah, how to yeah. reach you. Um, mm-hmm. So careful. Uh, this is yeah. No, I meant that in a good way. Like they're not to get in touch with you. They've got <laughs> no. my email. I moved, so oh, yeah, you maybe have yeah, to yeah. ask. You have to get a different basket. Don't come to yeah, the old, new basket. The old, your old place. Um, this has been so much fun. How can people stay in touch with you on social media and keep up with everything you're doing? I'm just my name on. On Twitter at John Madison, I I probably will not ever post another Cats countdown unless yeah. they do a sequel. So don't follow me for that. Um, but then on YouTube to see some funny silly things at John Madison, J O N M A T T E S O N, the Scottish spelling. Awesome. Uh, I'm Jamieland Beatty, J L Beatty on Instagram, and I think that's also TikTok. But I'm also Professor Birthday on TikTok, so. That's that's its own journey. Its own thing. <laughs> we will link everything. We'll link the YouTube video that you put together so people can watch oh you. Yeah, we should watch you jumping around and trash rebirth and <laughs> yes. on YouTube uh, with, with the reliable cat. Get spadatomy back into the world. Um, this has been so much fun. Thank you both for coming on and having a blast talking about all kinds of crazy cats. And did you ever think that this would be part of your life? Because uh, I did. I never did. No. And here we are. Uh, This was so fun, though. So thank you for coming, and thanks, everyone else, for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads at The Wrong Cat Died, or check our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.